Tonight, we are talking about The Last of Us. First season, first couple of episodes. Of course, this is based off of a video game that I have never played. This is about a different kind of thing than previous zombie shows and movies have been about, like similar, but a little bit different. I don't know if it would be a spoiler at this point to say what it is, but people get infected by something a little bit different. The way that they look after they've been infected is different than other types of zombie movies, which is kind of a cool difference, but not completely dissimilar overall from what we know about zombie movies and TV shows. The show opens with interviews from the 1960s about this hypothetical thing that could break out and whether or not it would affect humans. And then you cut to 2003 when everything kind of takes off. You start out in Texas and then the show moves over to the East Coast in Boston. And then from there, they set out on a voyage out west. I'm anticipating some stunning landscape against this new grim reality. Well, at this point, it's not so new. You'll see what I mean. But also, I feel like the desolate cities look really cool too. There was this show that was on TV. Maybe it was, I don't know if it was on TV, streaming service, that was about what would happen to cities and the, just the world in general, if there were no people, like if people just suddenly ceased to exist, what would happen to cities and how fast they would just fall into disrepair, how nature would take over, kind of looks like that. The show starts out following this single father named Joel and his daughter. The show really showcases how humanity devolves in situations, in apocalyptic situations. That is a common thread through any show, any movie that has anything to do with an outbreak. It's like, I feel like it's really hard to make one that is much different. They, they all kind of look the same, honestly. And it's kind of sad. I really think that if it were actually to happen the way that it does in movies, in real life, it would be very similar. People are just built to take advantage in chaos and to want to dominate other people when they can, and it's so messed up. One thing that's really cool is Anna Torv, I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly, is in this show. And I know her from Fringe. If you have never seen Fringe, it's this sci-fi movie that stars Anna Torv, also Joshua Jackson, and then I forget the man's name who plays Walter, who is the dad to Joshua Jackson's character. He is my favorite, I love that man. He's so good, he's been in a lot of things. But if you've never seen Fringe, and you like this show, honestly, I think that you really like Fringe. The one place that I know that it exists to stream is on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it with commercials. And every so often I will start that show from the very beginning 
and watch it all the way through. It's so good. I was sad that it ended. Honestly, it could have gone on for several more seasons and I would have been hooked. It's so good. So in the first couple of episodes, we learned that there is a hope for humanity. And that is kind of what the show is um, built around and uh, is why the, the main characters are taking the voyage out west. Honestly, this show is pretty stressful to watch. You know, <laughs> stress is the reason why I could never stick with The Walking Dead. I don't think I got past the first couple of episodes on The Walking Dead. So I tried to watch Fear the Walking Dead. I got further in Fear the Walking Dead. I really liked the cast of that show. Like the lead guy in Fear the Walking Dead was really good. He was a really good actor. I might try to revisit it. I've tried to revisit The Walking Dead, but I can never stick with it. It's just so brutal, I feel like. So it remains to be seen if I actually stick with this show because again, it is different in ways, but also I really feel like these shows and movies at their core are all the same. And this theme is not one that I'm like fanatic about, but I kind of feel like I should stick with this show. So we'll see what happens, but now I'm going to get into the first couple episodes with spoilers. So on the first episode, we just like we've seen in other shows like this, it starts out with like little whisperings, you know, that something isn't right. And then by the end of the day, or maybe within a day or two with this one, it was really by then, like by, by that night, shit hits the fan. And because throughout the day you start kind of like getting a little bit of news coverage, people kind of talking here and there about something that's going on, the beginnings of the infection. And then by that night, the infection has taken hold and it's chaos. Joel and his daughter live next door to this elderly couple and Joel is called away to go and get a friend or like I think a relative, maybe his brother out of jail and leaves his daughter alone to sleep in the house, which I know she's a teenager. I think at this point she's 14, but I don't know. I just wouldn't leave my kid alone at night asleep. And I don't even think he tells her where she's, he's going. It's like, it's highly likely your kid's going to wake up in the middle of the night and be like, where's my, where's my dad? Maybe he thought he'd be getting back home pretty quickly, but I don't know. That's kind of alarming. I feel like as a kid to wake up and your dad is not there when the daughter and let me, let me see what her name is, Sarah. So when Sarah goes next door after she can't find her dad, um, the neighbor's dog has gotten loose and she goes next door and sees that there's been an attack in her neighbor's house. And she finds one of them on the floor and nearby is one of their family members eating another family member. And then you see that they're infected and there's this like filament kind of stuff coming out of its mouth. And then she runs away. Her dad speeds up with his brother and they all get in the truck and then starts this stressful, uh, high speed drive of them trying to get out of the town. It is pure chaos, 
people are trying to do the same thing, trying to get out of town. Obviously, it's exactly how you would think everybody trying to get out of town. It's like gridlock, chaos all around them. The military has showed up. They're trying to keep people from leaving because they want to contain the virus but the virus is everywhere. And at one point they pass by this family that's broken down the side of the road. The brother wants to stop for them because this family has kids with them. But then Joel is like, no, you need to keep going. And honestly, I feel like I would be torn at that point because I'm a mom and it's like on one hand, you have sympathy for them because you're like, oh my God, you're broken down. You're sitting ducks, you're screwed and they have children and your heart goes out to them. But at the same time, you have your own kid and you don't know if they're infected. At this point, this is all just popping off. They don't know who's infected, who's not. They need to protect themselves. And honestly, I guess I would do the same thing if I really think about it. You know, like if you have a kid of your own, your priority is always protecting them. One point, a airplane falls out of the sky, crashes behind Joel and his brother and his daughter, and it causes them to wreck their car. So they get out of their truck. Um, the daughter's a little bit injured, but the way that they crash, Joel and his daughter, Sarah, are on one side of the truck, and then his brother's on the other side, and then they say they're gonna meet up at this river. I think it's a river. And I already know it's not, it's not, it's not going to be good. Sarah has twisted her ankle and Joel has got to carry her while running from all these zombies. And I'm just like, again, getting so stressed out because I don't know if I would have the physical strength to carry. I think my daughter is like almost 40 pounds now. She's three. She's like, maybe she's like 38 pounds. I don't know. But I don't think that I could not carry her while running away from zombies. I couldn't do it. I'm too weak. And just watching him do this, I'm just like, I put myself in that position and think I would never survive <laughs> a zombie apocalypse. And of course, the military in these in these movies are always the villains. So they're basically given orders to shoot people on the spot. And that is what this guy tries to do when he corners Joe and Sarah, Joe, Joel, Joe, Joel tries to tell him that we're fine. We're not sick. We're not infected. And the military guy shoots at them, completely misses Joel, but shoots Sarah in the stomach. And I was stunned because I thought she would survive longer than that. I thought she was one of the main cast. That's why at first I didn't really bother to like learn her name because she's like done basically like in the very beginning. Then the show cuts to present day. It's 20 years later. So it's 2023. It starts out when the outbreak happens in 20, in 2003. Cut to 2023, military is in control. And it's like I said earlier, how society completely devolves. Um, all the, the cities are in ruins. There's a camp set up that's run by the military and all the people who are not infected have these very shitty jobs and you have the people that are just basically getting through day to day, doing all these mini, menial little jobs that the military allows them to do. And then there's this 
separate group called the Fireflies who basically want to get the world back to the way that it was. They don't like how things have evolved. They don't like the military dictatorship. And so they kind of operate in secret. And then there's one scene that's really messed up and kind of confusing. You're not really sure what happens um, until a little bit later. But this little boy comes up to the camp and you don't know where he comes from. You don't know if he has any family, but they bring him inside and they test him with this little machine and it turns red, which red normally is not a good thing. But there's a woman there, a woman military officer there telling him that he's going to be okay and she's going to get him toys. And then he gets an injection, which you don't know what it is until later when you see Joel looking like he's just completely broken down and doing his job of incinerating people and um, you see that the little boy is bound and obviously the injection was not a good thing. But this virus has a name and it's called cordyceps. It's if you are found in violation of quarantine guidelines, you can be publicly hanged. There's one scene during the first episode where you see they've gone kind of inside of a building, maybe a little bit underground, and they see somebody who had been infected. And it's going to be interesting throughout the course of the show to see the life cycle of cordyceps because when you see this person, they're kind of like stuck to a wall and it's by all this like material. So, oh, by the way, spoiler, in the beginning, I was alluding to how this infection is different than other zombie movies that are like viral based. So in this show, it's a fungus and in the beginning of the show, when they have the 1960s um, interviews about this, during those interviews, they talk about how it can't survive in humans, but somehow it is mutated. I don't know if it's naturally or if scientists have um, done something to make it be able to survive in humans, but it is able years and years later to survive in humans. So we see this person I'm wondering if it's kind of like oh, certain insects get infected by things like ants. I don't remember what it is. I feel like it's a certain parasite. They'll get infected and they can live for a while, but it drives them like crazy, it, like messes up their brain. And then eventually what is inside them kind of like explodes and they die. Maybe like the look of that is, is what this person looks like they've gone through. It looks like maybe the last life cycle of the fungus that they're infected with. It's a really cool look. It's, it's definitely a, um, nice that in some way this show is a little bit different from the typical zombie movie. So it'll be interesting kind of to see how, what, what the, life, the full life cycle is of Cordyceps. We meet a girl named Ellie who is very important to the Fireflies. She was in a military training camp and then the Fireflies took her because they think that she is the answer to getting the old world back. Of course, 
I feel like it's actually really easy to guess why she's so special because what is this show about and what do people want? I guessed that she has some kind of immunity and I was right. She had been infected, but the infection stopped. So the fireflies want to get her out west where they have scientists that can hopefully work on a vaccine to save humanity and restore order to the world. And then we learn that Joel's brother, Tommy, Tommy is his name, has been recruited by the Fireflies. He is also out West. That is Joel's initial motivation for getting out West. Now, he is going to deliver Ellie to the Fireflies out that way so that he can in return get a truck and supplies and things. And they see that as their only way to achieve those things. So they agree to take Ellie out west because the leader of the Fireflies and her right hand have been injured um, during a deal gone wrong. So they ask Joel to do it and Joel agrees reluctantly. At the end of the episode, you see Joel, Ellie, and his Anna Torv's character name, Tess. We see Joel, Ellie, and Tess leave the camp into the night. You can see these huge defunct buildings um, in the storm. Lightning lights them all up. And then we have 80s music, 80s sounding music to end the episode. The second episode starts out with a professor who is sitting down to lunch and these mysterious men come and take her away from her lunch. And she learns that there is a person who's been infected by cordyceps. So this is obviously a flashback and she still doesn't think that cordyceps can infect a human, but this is the first known case of cordyceps in fact infecting a human and it is a human who is no longer with us and so she goes and inspects the body and she can see that this person has been bitten in their leg so I guess that actually means this is not the first infected unless they were bitten by an animal who transferred it so actually I don't I don't know but the government has this person and she inspects the bite and she looks in the person's mouth. And do you remember those filament things that I said that Sarah's neighbor had in their mouths? Well, so did this person and it's actually really gross. So the person was no longer with us, but whatever was in its mouth was very much alive. This is by the way, in another country, this is not the US. Um, I don't remember what country it is, but she tells those military that there is no vaccine and that the only thing that they can do is bomb the city. So sad because you look at her face and she knows that she's gonna die. And all she asks them is to take her back home so that she can be with her family before they bomb the whole place. So as we saw at the end of the first episode, Tess, Joel, and Ellie are making their way 
out west and you can really see that Tess is becoming very maternal towards Ellie, but Joel, I guess, as we can understand, is really resistant to developing a relationship with Ellie. Ellie is the age, I think about the age that his daughter was when she died. I can completely understand why nothing to do with a kid who is the age that your child was when they died. I totally get it. But I think you can kind of see that obviously as time goes on, he's going to become attached to her and probably like a father figure. Ellie is such a foul-mouthed 14-year-old and it I loved it because honestly, like I am a foul-mouthed 36-year-old and I have been my whole life. So we learn that all the people that have been infected by this fungus are connected through the fungus. So if one of them is hurt or is alerted to your presence, all the rest of them, it's like a, they call it a hive mind, all of the rest of them will come and then you're fucked. We were able to see our, well, I guess it's not technically our first infected. So like in the beginning, when you started to see people get infected, they act different and then they have these tendrils coming out of their mouths. But these infected, I guess, like I talked about the life cycle of the fungus in these people's bodies. When they come across these infected, these have obviously been infected for a hot minute because their faces have like some kind of like they're famous. Their, their, their faces look just tumorous and they're absolutely covered except for like their mouths but like the zombies in movies past to kill them you have to hit them in the head or the neck the end of this episode Anna Torv aka Tess who I was so excited was in this show not on the show for long because she got infected when they were fighting with the infected in the building earlier and when the rest of the infected are trying to descend upon the building that they are currently in because they wake up the infected that are in that building. And again, they're all connected. So more infected are coming. Tess, knowing that she's infected, sacrifices herself and is going to blow up the building, but not before. This is a weird scene where one of the, so she's trying to light the lighter because she's put gasoline on the floor. And one of the infected notices that she's there, but I think they can tell that she's infected because it looks like it recognizes her and it walks up to her, opens its mouth with those tendrils coming out and she opens hers and like the tendrils go into her mouth, but not before she drops the lighter, she's able to actually get it lit and it blows up the building. But I'm like, it was kind of confusing because I'm like, wait, did she know this person before they were infected? Or is the fungus now taking over her mind? You know, the hive mind, like, is she into that and in that now? Because what is, why? Why, why that exchange? I don't know. I'm sure we'll learn about that as time goes on. And the episode was an hour, but honestly, it felt like 15 minutes. So the episodes fly by it keeps her attention. It's just different enough. People love the video game. 
the show is getting critical acclaim. And only two episodes in so far in my Freddy rating system, I give it a 3.5 out of 5. I like it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Um, and as it stands right now, I will keep watching. So check back for more reviews of future The Last of Us uh, episodes. And this is a part of the Horror Mom podcast. So if you don't want to look at my face and you just want to hear my voice, you can catch me on any podcast platform. I'm also working on my Spooky Mom podcast, which is Paranormal and True Crime. Slowly but surely, I'm working on the podcasts. I also do trailer reactions, vlogs. I'm working on getting more vlogs posted. Um, just all kinds of things. So if you like this video, please leave it a like, leave a comment and let me know how you're liking the show. And I'm also on Instagram, Horror Mom Podcast, Spooky Mom Podcast. On Instagram, I have a personal Instagram, H. Alexandra Matthews, if you want to see um, a little bit of my everyday life. I post a lot about my kid. I have a three-year-old daughter named Vivian. And that's about it. So I will see you in my next video.